pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. San Antonio Sports Star Audio Vault is brought to you by AA Best Bail Bonds. 225-2121 or online at mybestbailbonds.com. It's time for your in-depth look at the world of gaming. Here we go! Katie Barber, James Pledger, The Meta. Welcome back to The Meta on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN and Colvicki and 94.1 FM. I'm your host, Katie Barber, and I've got co-host James Pledger here with me. How are you doing, James? I'm always good. What's happening, Katie? <laughs> I know you guys have been busy with Cowboys camp happening and everything, um, yeah. so I really appreciate you being here. And we are going to be talking about Madden, which is related to football here in a second. But before we jump in on eSports news, um, we are going to be talking a little bit later about some stuff, uh, new stuff coming to NBA 2K with Michael Jordan. We're going to go in on sports games. I've got some opinions I really want to talk to you about. All right. uh, we're going to talk about Gotham Knight and some fun stuff like this 400-year history that was created for Gotham Knights, like Gotham Universe. And we have a lot to talk about with Ezra Miller um, and all, all the stuff going on with the DCEU. Um, because that story, it just won't stop giving. I feel like, how long have we been just talking about Ezra Miller being in the news for not movies? Um, as long as we've been petitioning for Amber Heard to get uh, cut out of Aquaman and released from the DC Universe, I believe we've been doing the same for Ezra Miller. It just makes no sense. Um, but So we're going to talk about that later on in the show. Uh, but to start, I'm really excited because a place that, if you listen to Sports Star, you hear about this place all the time. If you've visited with the guys at an on-site you know, remote recording for any of the shows that are on all week long. You've probably been here. Slackers. <laughs> it's the perfect venue, I think, for really anything gaming because it's with the arcade and everything. And now yeah. it's going to be home to a new Madden tournament series. And we need you guys to come out so it can keep happening. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, because that's really what happens with a lot of the tournament series is we just don't have enough people to participate, um, but there's money on the line. Now, which you Slackers location are they going to be doing this, or is it at, at all the Slackers locations at once? No, no, no. That would be amazing. No, that would be really the, cool. The med- right, the Medical Center Slackers. Okay, I yeah, it's the same one we were at uh, this Thursday when we held our uh, the anniversary party for that location, so... Ooh. We were just there this week. Giving out Kevin Hart tickets and everything. Luke Bryan. And, <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, it's one of the best things about you guys is, like, if you if you want to go out and see really cool things, all you have to do is come visit with you guys. Like, all you have to do is come <laughs> hang out, drink a beer with the sports star guys, and you get free stuff. Um, and now you can go to Slackers and, uh, and participate in this new Madden 23 tournament. They're doing the big kickoff on the 27th. So it's going to be a Saturday. So if you have off, if you're lucky enough to be off on Saturdays, at noon, you can participate. 
And there's going to be a prize pot in this one. And this is going to really set it up to continue. I'm not sure if it'll just be a weekly tournament series. We've got to fill out how many people are participating. But this is going to be put on by our friend Chris and the Texas Gaming Empire. Um, and I'm sure this is just one of many things that they're doing. And they're still doing the, the UC Sports Leagues over at the YMCA as well. So if you've got kids and you want to put them somewhere on the weekends or after school. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's so awesome. I love the fact that Chris is doing these things for everybody. And I, I think it's great that he's got this thing going for this Madden tournament because I, I was a huge Madden fan as a kid. I still am. As a matter of fact, I fired it up and started playing last year's Madden to continue my franchise just this past weekend so uh 23 should be a lot of fun and having that tournament i don't know maybe i should go uh test my metal right you just go you know show them how it's done james <laughs> <laughs> or get 80 dropped on me <laughs> <laughs> but either way it just means you get to go over to slackers have a couple of beers which is never games. a bad thing <laughs> right and so you twist my arm why don't you <laughs> Some really exciting news. So I, I don't know if I've talked about Broly Legs. He's like a, a Texas-based. He lives in Austin. He's a professional fighting game community gamer. He's really well known for playing Street Fighter. Like he's been the number one, like number one in the world, Chun Li in Street Fighter. Oh right, um, right, he right. The Street Fighter. Mm -hmm. he, he was in the Street Fighter League, and he competed at Evo this last. Uh, it was last week or the end of over the weekend it's a really long it's the biggest fighting game community tournament that happens all over the world right it travels from location to location this year it was in vegas next year it's in japan and it's literally like the best competitors from around the world will will just collapse on this tournament and play against each other and our friend broly legs his name is mike he plays 25th in street fighter which i mean it's 25th in essentially a global matchup it's bonkers and really excited for him. And I, he was playing in some other games, too. Uh, Dragon, they had Dragon Ball Fighter Z, which I, I feel like is one of those that's, like, up and coming. Oh, absolutely. I'm starting to see so much more Dragon Ball Fighters just tournaments break out mm -hmm. all over the place. You know, with the fighting games, I feel like they really have to let the game, to release the games and let them sit enough to really have a viable a viable environment of competitive gamers that are making it as competitive as it really can be. So I just wanted to say congrats to Broly. Maybe we can get him on um, to, just because it's such a huge deal. Uh, and I, I, I would love to know if there's any other competitors that were here in Texas that competed over there, too. Just the prestige of competing at Evo is just like none other in the fighting game tournament world anyway. And, um, oh, and San Antonio is home to an NBA 2K league player. Uh, I know Jeff over at Ken's, he's chatted with him. I actually mm -hmm. interviewed him for my San Antonio. He was, he's uh, a reserve player that got pulled in and played recently, but he's actually up to possibly go play in the NBA 2K league all-star game. And but he needs San Antonio to really come out and vote for him because it's it's an all star. I, mean, I feel like we saw people do that with with Dejounte Murray, which uh -huh. is maybe not like the best example of talking about all star games and San Antonio coming together. But I just know San Antonio can do it. <laughs> it's possible. And I shared the link to vote for Seldom 
who is an active duty airman, like in the military here in San Antonio. And the Air Force actually supports him playing NBA 2K League, like professionally. Um, so I would just love to see that continue, to see San Antonio represented uh, in a big way. Not just obviously an NBA, you know, we've got Austin with Broly uh, in the fighting games. And we've got a lot of San Antonio, like, collegiate programs that are really good. So I just want to see San Antonio's esports scene just continue to thrive so much, whether it's the kids with the YMCA, <laughs> with us just enjoying beers playing Madden, <laughs> yeah, or just, like, on the real pro scene, uh, either in the nation or in the world. It's just crazy to see. And I it's it. just so great because we get to see so many avenues of success these days, whether it's these tournaments, whether it is – bigger scale grander scale for them oh, whether televised non-televised uh league-wide statewide nationwide mm-hmm. tournaments worldwide tournaments and even now at the collegiate level you brought up uh, in college the fact that esports is a college sport now lends okay. itself to even more competition and more avenues for these people to find and create more competition amongst one another. And there's like real money here at stake too. It's not just, it's not just the fun of playing games as a professional, right? Quote unquote professional. It's literally changing your life. You can earn a living doing something that you love, but it's just crazy. Like I would kill to win $40,000. You <laughs> too? End up playing games. <laughs> yeah. I would, I would love to win $10, honestly, but 40 grand, you know, some of these price, I mean, we've talked about this, price pots over a million dollars, you know, just crazy. You crazy, buy me, amazing opportunity. You buy me a, a McDonald's cheeseburger and I'd feel grateful if I want <laughs> One beer at Slackers. That's it. That's all it takes. <laughs> well, so let's, let's go on break because I really do want to talk more about sports games, just like as a genre and how I feel like I just have some recommendations that I think could make the genre better, even though it's my least played genre. Um, <laughs> I know. So let's just hit, let's hit a break real quick. Right here on the Meadow on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250 and 94.1 FM. Katie Barber, James Pledger, the Meta on San Antonio Sports Star. Welcome back to the Meta on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250 and 94.1 FM. I'm Katie Barber, and I've got James here, and we are, and I just, okay. So when you when you play sports games, what sports games are, like, on your list of games you actually play, James? Uh, the FIFA series, the Madden series, mm-hmm. 2K series, uh, and before that it was NCAA college football, the EA sports version, and... NBA Live, but that was overtaken by 2K as of late. But mm-hmm. I would say the ones I play most most often right this second, Madden, FIFA, 2K. Right. I mean, and, and that's pretty par for the course, right? I didn't realize it, until I worked at GameStop when I was in college how popular the FIFA games were. But I think that's just because of the America – centric like football like uh, American football mm-hmm. mentality about sports so I, I didn't realize FIFA was so popular but I just feel like just think about the amount of time and effort that goes in let's just say those three franchises that's not even including the NHL games <laughs> you, know? <laughs> they, you know like there's just there's there's so many different 
genres of Oh, sports one more game I, I forgot to add to that. Uh, the golf game. Tiger Woods, now PGA yes. Tour. That is another sports game that I will play a lot. So it's like, think about the amount of manpower and time and effort it takes to create and release in the span of a year an entirely new game that they have to package up and send out into the world, right? Like your FIFA 21, your FIFA 22, your FIFA 23. I'm just like, it makes no sense to me that they do this every single year. I can't imagine how quickly they get all this turned around because of the fact that we've talked to Rob about it, both of us have, and the amount of work that those programmers and designers and people that come in to do that, and they're in it for about six months, six to eight months, just working around the clock to meet a deadline to get this next game out. Right. And and so for me, when I see games like Destiny 2, right, the Bungie announced maybe two years ago, because Destiny was the first release. They released Destiny 2 as a whole nother launch, and I promise this is relevant to what we're talking about. (laughs) (laughs) I promise. And, I mean, it's essentially the same game with added weapons and other things. And what Bungie decided to do, I announced this like literally two years ago, they're not going to release a Destiny 3. Instead, they planned for five years worth of expansions and content that they could implement into the already existing Destiny 2. Right. They don't have to force you to download and bloat your console with an additional full game that still has access to, you know, aspects of the game that that released at the vanilla launch. Or they they, what they'll do is they take away content, they put it in a vault and then they release new content to keep the file sizes logistically smaller. And then Mm -hmm. they they spruce it up and they re-release it later on too much excitement that something old is coming back, right? Like, it's, there's a lot of marketing opportunities here for, for EA Sports to literally just make all of their sports games a live service game. And not all under one umbrella, but they can do a Madden live service game mm-hmm. where they charge, you know, they still want to make money. They can still make money and charge people for the new fancy, shiny things that they, were, that they somehow managed to release in a new game every single year. Like with NBA, the, the new thing for the new 2K game is Jordan moment thing, right? They're going all in on Michael Jordan right now with the NBA 2K23. Yeah. There's Jordan Jordan editions of the game, which is super cool. They, they're, they're this Jordan moments version of the game where it's literally challenge, a challenge mode that completely changes the core gameplay. Like it literally says it implements like the physics and gameplay style of the 80s and 90s, which they acknowledge is obviously different than how the NBA plays now in 2022. Yeah, right. Because so it's like, back they, then it was more physical. It was an inside out game while in today's game, it is more fast paced, free roaming fouls are called a little bit easier, especially on the perimeter mm-hmm. and uh, three pointers are a huge part of this game. Right. So this is from EA like this week about Right, uh, the, the the Michael Jordan challenges, the Jordan moments. It literally says, quote, the challenges won't be played on modern NBA courts or even on classic courts with modern commentary. Each moment features a complete overhaul of visuals and sound, sounds to recreate the broadcast coverage at the time, um, more physicality like we talked about, meaning whatever feel it like. So they, they talk about fouling being different, you know. So they could package this in an expansion, and still charge a stupid amount of money for it, and people will buy it. 
Oh, absolutely. Without having to. I mean, because really what they're doing every year is they're packaging something new for 60 bucks. You can literally package those same things in a game without having to create a new, like just without having to package an entirely new game every year. It just makes no sense to me. Like it, you should not have to go into your console and delete your 25 gig or how, I mean, I actually don't even know what size like <laughs> the sports games are on your console, but with the, especially in consoles with the limited storage space, it, it just, it, it doesn't make sense to have to go in and delete a game to like 23 to install, or, sorry, delete 22 to install 23. Exactly. This makes no sense to me. I mean, and they can make they, way they, more money too. <laughs> well, they already kind of do this with the game because the game updates rosters mid-season to deal with injuries and trades and things that happen within a normal season in Madden, whether a player blows out his knee or a uh, player outperforms what his initial performance is. They do updates throughout the season on the game to update player stats, player scores, uh, player injuries. Why can't they just do this for the entire thing? So all you do is download a Madden patch, and then it can it constantly updates itself with new versions to where you mm-hmm. just pay for the newest install, the newest rosters. Right, exactly. Or, you you know, like they implement some sort of, you know, not a battle pass because it's not necessarily like applicable in the same way battle passes you see like in Apex or Fortnite or mm-hmm. Destiny, you know, but, but some, some version of a battle pass, a sports pass, you know, <laughs> it unlocks, like you, you unlock different clubs or like different specialty modes or, or whatever it is. I mean, there's, there's a way to do it. I'm not a, I don't work in marketing for video games as much <laughs> as I would love to. I don't do it, especially for like EA sports. But to me, it just is almost a no brainer. EA literally <laughs> developed a live service game called Anthem. It didn't perform as well as they wanted. And instead of giving it a shot, like within a year, they shut it down. They have the capabilities. <laughs> to develop a live service game. Mm -hmm. For some reason though, they've just been dragging their feet on this. Like I'm just shocked every single year that a new, like I'm just like, there's, there has to be in the 2020s, a better way for eSports to operate, but they just, I don't know. Maybe they just are afraid people won't subscribe. Like they lose too many of their core consumers that they know will line up and buy that game every year in August, September, whatever it is. Cause the NBA comes out this month. You know, yeah, I don't know. And to be fair, I am one of those core buyers that lines up every late July, early August to purchase the new Madden when it drops, or in October when 2K drops. But but it would just be so much easier if I only had to pay a fee every year and it automatically updated to where I didn't have to go buy whether it was a physical copy of the game or even download just tons of megabytes of information onto my drive and then clear it out to download the next one. Right. I mean, it's just really, you could do it like what you do with everything. You pay 60 bucks for the base version of the game for NBA 2K, and then you get whatever it is that's out at that time. And then in the next round of content, you don't have to pay 60 bucks for the base game because you got it. And you just get the... You pay whatever it's going to be, and you get the Jordan moments and all of the things that come with Michael Jordan. And the Michael Jordan pack comes out or whatever it is. It just, 
EA Sports just do better. (laughs) (laughs) And I think that they would actually see a really big swing of, you know, newer players willing to put their time and effort into it because it's less of a perceived waste of money, you know? I don't know. At least it's me. And I say that as somebody who doesn't play them. I absolutely (laughs) do not disagree with you, though. As someone who does play. (laughs) It's just funny, though, too, I guess, because we're in such this this crazy online landscape, right? So we've got the online... The online versions of, of, of the sports games, you know, like are popular and you're seeing um, the esports leagues for them pop up. But this, the, just the way that we've got um, like the fighting games, like Multiversus, uh, Halo, we've made fun of for like releasing the game, but the, the competitive season doesn't come out. Uh, <laughs> and Multiversus, which we were talking about, we found out that it's still going to come out. It's still out. You can still play the early beta the full launch of the game and the ranked mode and the first season we're supposed to drop this week, but we got another delay on it. Just, of course we <laughs> did. Because know, why like wouldn't we? we? <laughs> I know. It's like we still don't have the Halo season one. It's starting to feel a lot like <laughs> Gotham Knights because I've heard about this game forever, but it, it, oh. it, it just feels like the release date just it never is either solidified, concrete, or gets pushed back. And I feel like I've been hearing about the Gotham Knights game for what feels like years now. I know, and I just don't know what's going on. Obviously, there was like a lot of issues with delays because of COVID. Um, mm-hmm. That was just definitely like a contributing factor for a long time. But I feel like I don't see that being used as a reason. It's just... You know, and, and delays have been around forever. That's not, I'm not saying that they're new, obviously, but it just seems like everything is getting a split release. Like, part of it's releasing now, part of it's delayed. <laughs> <laughs> it's just an interesting time. Like, I, I, see, I see publishers and developers, like, go all in on release dates, and I just have to, I'm like, all right, cool, bet. We'll see. I believe it when I see it. <laughs> I believe it when I can add it to my cart or because I don't buy games in person anymore. I haven't bought a physical game in a minute at all. Have, when was the last time you bought a game like disc? I'm still of the physical realm and buying right. just because the, the main reason why is I don't know if I want to go back and play it or not. I've still got multiple versions of Madden that I can you know, go back to much like last year's version if I so chose or, you know, Dragon Ball Fighter Z or um, uh, Budokai even. Like, I've got games that mm-hmm. I can just go backwards to if I want at any point in time because I'm always afraid I'm going to buy it digitally, need the space, have to just delete it to clear space to download something else onto my PS or not have an external available to at Mm -hmm. the time. And it also just feels like a pain to transfer and then Mm -hmm. transfer back if you want to play it later. Like all of it just seems like a big hassle than just sticking a disc in. And I'm all about least amount of hassles. 
for sure. And that's what got me into trouble, right? Is I've, I started buying digitally because I didn't feel like driving to the store or I would go to the store and they didn't have it. Yeah. <laughs> and I would be like, I'm either going to get it in person or I'm going to buy it digitally. I'm not ordering it on Amazon because I want to play right now, right? Yeah. That's my, my instant gratification is what gets me there. But that, that, that constant, I mean, I feel like I do that with my phone where it's like it's full of the memory is full. I've got to delete stuff to make room for stuff. Mm-hmm. And I just can't, I, I don't like that I put myself in this pattern of, like on my my Switch, for that was probably my last holdout where I was buying them in person because I had a really limited memory. And Nintendo's really bad about having really specific uh, memory cards that you have to use yeah. to, to expand the memory. Um, but my PlayStation, I'm literally always deleting, you know, like if, if I have people that want to come over and we have two PlayStations and we want to play Call of Duty so people can like play together, it's like, it's a huge game. It's like 250 gigs. Yeah. <laughs> I don't play Call of Duty all the time, but I've got to delete a bunch of stuff to make room for Call of Duty. <laughs> exactly. And that's the Just, that's the one drawback of it that keeps me from man. going all in on the digital route. And, but, but I will say that even there's a lot of games where you buy the disc and all it is is a prompt <laughs> to download a massive file that needs to be installed to play even when the game is, you know, the disc is inserted in your console. And it's that's really, fair. but it's really frustrating. I'm just, there's so many frustrating things. Like why <laughs> won't they just get, if we need 10 terabytes of memory, just give me that option from the jump. Don't give me 500 gigs when one game realistically could be 250 gigs. It's just, obviously that has a lot to do with, you know, the same people who are making consoles are generally not making those games with a really big memory or whatever. But it's just, it's like a weird terrible circle of life i've been like stuck in the only thing like with my computer at least i can like install more memory more easily but there's a lot less a lot less roadblocks to get me where i want to be exactly (laughs) we were talking about gotham nights i know are you tired of talking about it (laughs) i'm never tired of talking about it until i get it i want to talk about it I know. It just it just looks really cool. And and what caught my eye this week, because we've been getting this big gameplay for it here and there, like of different characters. Like we got Barbara Gordon. Yeah. We got Robin, right? But what we, what we found out this week is there's literally a 400-year-long back history of Gotham that was the, for New Gotham City that, that developers used to develop the sprawling open world that you get to explore in the game, which... That's really, I guess, for me, that's what's really interesting. I do love open-world games, but I don't like open-world games that feel empty. It's definitely a thing. Oh, <laughs> Where there's exactly. just not enough in it. But it's like, literally, it starts back in the 1650s, this, this back history. <laughs> and I'm okay um, with that, though. Like, give me a mm-hmm. history. Give me, like, something that the game will add to and create a lore about it that's part of the fun is uncovering different things and i think especially in an open world game the more you can figure out about a place the more engaged you're going to be with it right it's like the game the gotham's history starts in the 1650s with five families leaving europe and you don't recognize them it's the waynes the cobblepots the elliots the arkhams and the canes those are going to be the five founding families of gotham they like they literally built a colonial fort on the Gotham River, and eventually it becomes you know 
the hot mess it's always been, <laughs> <laughs> for lack of a better term. Uh, but so I'm just I'm just excited. I do feel like this looks good. It's not going to be Crystal Dynamics. It's not the guys that made the Arkham games. We've talked about this. Or, uh, or not Crystal Dynamics. Who's a rock city? I'm getting my developers confused right now. It's not who we, it, you know, the people, we, we talked about this on the meta. It's not the developers of the Arcane games, which were fantastic, or the Arkham games, which were fantastic. But um, Crystal Dynamics does have a good single-player game, you know, like not live service game history that I'm, I'm hoping plays well in this. It's supposed to come out in October. Hopefully it actually does. I feel like the, the mm-hmm. spooky season will be a good vibes for Forgotten Nights. And I keep seeing stuff about the TV show maybe getting canceled. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I've, so we'll, I've seen that too. And <laughs> that's a whole nother and, thing to get into. Exactly. And we're going to come back after the break to talk more about like what is going on with DC. Maybe. We don't know. Uh, nobody knows what's going on with DC, really. Um, <laughs> but let's take this quick break right back. We'll be right back to talk about it right here on The Meta. I'm San Antonio Sports Star. ESPN AM 1250 and 94.1 FM. Katie Barber, James Pledger, The Meta on San Antonio Sports Star. Welcome back to The Meta on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250 and 94.1 FM. I'm your host, Katie Barber, and I've got James Pledger here with me. And, <laughs> man, so we were just talking about this before the show, and I had to stop us. The new Prey movie. On Hulu, oh, yeah. not a theatrical release, right? Not a big, big time theater release, but a Hulu Prey movie, Predator movie. What did you think? I thought it was one of the best Predator movies I've seen probably since uh, the second, which there was a callback to the second in this one, which was really cool, <laughs> or, or even the third Predator movie. Like, I haven't seen a good one in quite some times and this one was extremely well done i agree and i i think just with them with like uh warner brothers canning the background movie because it was apparently developed for streaming first that was one of the reasons why they canned it um to me it's it it doesn't mean anything less for to me for a movie to be developed for streaming because this is a really great example of that you the Predator movies have all been theatrical releases, haven't they? Pretty much. I mean, it's a big franchise. It's a huge franchise. And the fact that this franchise has been lacking, let's say, for so long, especially with like Alien mm-hmm. versus Predator and uh, the multiple movies that they tried to capitalize on. This felt like the (laughs) most well-done version of a Predator movie I've seen in a long, long, long time. And I was extremely pleased coming out of it because I did not have high hopes going into it. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's a prequel. You know, prequels can be really kind of hit or miss um, in a franchise, (laughs) but they did a really good job. And I... Especially if you read any of the uh, the commentary online, they, they did a really good job of, like, encapsulating the Native experience, right? Like, all of the main characters are actually, like, Native actors. Um, but the – and you see the main character fight not just um, – like, there's one fight scene that I think was my favorite in the, in the movie, and it's not even <laughs> with Predator. <laughs> it's a uh, – you know what I'm talking about? 
with uh, the French guy? Yeah, I absolutely know what you're talking about. <laughs> like, uh, I mean, and that for me, I was just like, I was enraptured. I could watch her. I could watch her fight like that the whole movie, you know. Um, and just from top to bottom, I thought it was really, really, really good. And so I'm like, good for you, Hulu. Um, and I'm mad at w, I'm, I'm bad at, mad at Warner Brothers over Batman so much, or Batgirl, sorry, rather Batgirl. Um, and for them to use the use the excuse that it being developed for streaming was part of the reason why they canned it makes me really mad in this instance. Because <sighs> streaming is just like the, that's the future. We've it got is. like the Last of Us. We've got the Last of Us coming to HBO Max, which I'm really excited about. It's an ad- adaptation. I'm actually happy for, yeah. um, but that's streaming. That should Although, actually be incredibly well done. Mm-hmm. I, the big thing, especially with considering Neil Druckmann, who, you know, he's one of the original uh, mm-hmm. like creative dirt leads on, on, on the game. He's working with the show, the showrunner, which is Craig Mazin, who did Chernobyl. I don't know if you watched the Chernobyl oh, God. series. On HBO, that was so well <laughs> yeah. done. I was like, so is... in on Chernobyl. Right, and so for me to have him directing the show and Neil Druckmann, mm-hmm. you know, he's, he's a, either an executive producer or, you know, he's a showrunner in some capacity. You've got Pedro Pascal is Joel, which I'm very excited about. Pedro Pascal, uh, fantastic. I know. I, I just love him and everything that he does, honestly. And the Bella Ramsey, who was in Game of Thrones, Lady Marmot, mm-hmm. the little feisty girl, she's Ellie. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Nick Offerman's going to be in this show. Um, and I, I just know, love I him and probably... everything. I, I know. I know. I love him. Um, he's me, Bill. So the, and we just keep getting more castings. And th- we've just had so many bad adaptations. We've, we've talked about it ad nauseum. Mm-hmm. You know, but this one I actually have hope for. I actually have hope for. Even though it, it's going to be, it's supposed to be on HBO Max, but with all of the um, Warner Brothers Discovery. As long as it's not an anime they're trying to adapt, I feel pretty good about things. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and and this, I guess this isn't necessarily super nerdy streaming, or it was just super nerdy news, but we were just talking about streaming and just how Disney Plus and Hulu and ESPN Plus are all getting, like, rate hikes. Uh, yeah, but I it was to be maybe? expected, if we're going to be honest right. with ourselves. As much content as Disney Plus is actually pumping out, I'm surprised right. it took this long for the right to actually hike. Right. I mean, they've got some really consequential series are on the platforms, right? You've got Star Wars, like the Star Wars series and mm-hmm. the Marvel series, both like just are so important to the, like the, the health of those universes. They're contributing so much to um, the storytelling that's taking place in between all of the movies. It's not surprising. I agree. Um, I just am like Hulu. I, I, I just feel like I've been paying the same amount for Hulu for forever. <laughs> well, it's because it feels like that's what you should be paying for Hulu, if we're going to be oh. honest. <laughs> right. Of the platforms, it's kind of the least one I go to. It's got, it, I feel like what they do more so than anything is, I mean, they, they have the Prey movie, right? They're, they're trying mm-hmm. to do more, um, but they, it seems like it's more of a platform to bring in content that's available in other countries that's, that hasn't been available here. Uh, or a con- lot of Canadian shows. Or content like that um, <laughs> were like How I Met Your Mother or Archer or, mm-hmm. you know, it feels like a platform for F- FX more than anything. There's also, there is a lot of anime on Hulu. 
There is, that. and that's one of the things that I do love about it because I've got, it bookmarked a bunch of stuff to go back and watch, like Gundam Wing and Trigun and just a whole bunch of old animes that I've bookmarked to go back and rewatch. Cowboy Bebop. Mm-hmm. That was Hulu was actually where I watched the first time I watched uh, Naruto. It was actually through Hulu when I was in college. Uh, <laughs> got me through. Good for you. And now, and now it's just I feel like there's just so it's like cable and streaming feels just like so similar in terms of like your total package pricing. Obviously, cable can can go even crazier in terms of what you're paying. I just feel like I'm I'm losing my mind trying to manage everything. everything. Right. Right. <laughs> We, uh, I guess, what was was Peacemaker? Peacemaker was on HBO Max. Peacemaker is an HBO oh, Max property. Oh Mike, and we know that that's safe. We found that out this week. Peacemaker and the James Gunn. We also <laughs> found out like, that they're going to try. They're going to try what we've been begging for them to do with DC's universe. <laughs> we said this literally two weeks ago too. You said this two weeks ago. I said this two weeks ago. I said this two months ago. I said this two years ago. Like Ever since the meta's happened, I have been saying, why is this so difficult, DC? (laughs) Right. You've got got a roadmap right in front of you that's worked out pretty well so far. I, I, I don't understand why, but they are just now going, Marvel has laid the map. We have a... A, what was it? A ten movie plan that doesn't have a timetable on it, and that they want to take their time and slowly build and develop this universe. All right, mm-hmm. I like hearing it. It sounds great in theory. Show me. <laughs> right. I feel like I feel like they've perpetually felt like they've been jumping the gun a bit. Either they're 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 going in too fast. It is, doesn't. Is that a pun? Because James thinking, Gunn's a part of the uh, universe now, <laughs> <laughs> right? I, can, are there any other are there any other directors that have their foot in both cinematic universes? No, absolutely not. <laughs> right? I, I'm like, what did James Gunn do? I guess Guardians. Guardians was a really good breakout film for him. He did Guardians, like, Guardians Two. He's directing Guardians Three, mm-hmm. and. Now he's going to be involved in this latest iteration of the Suicide Squad uh, mm-hmm. and the sequel to that that's coming up. Right. Well, and, I mean, because his Suicide Squad was really good. I, I probably actually watched it. I don't usually watch a lot of movies more than twice. And I think I watched that movie like three times, honestly. Yeah, it was <laughs> fun. Come out. It was really fun. And Peacemaker I, I, it was so good. John Cena really shocked me. Gives me hope for Black Adam to be, you know, like I love The Rock, um, but he can be a little bit campy as an actor, right? Sure, sure, <laughs> sure. Guess, which is okay, and there's nothing wrong with that um, at all. But Black Adam is supposed to be, you know, like as an anti-hero, he is supposed to be a little bit okay. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But I am looking forward. To, I am looking forward to Black Adam for all of my uh, all of my criticisms about comparing it to. <laughs> to Batgirl, but we can talk more about that after we take a real quick break because we've got just everything that's been going more on. More DC news? <laughs> yeah, literally, just even more DC news. We, I'm just not even going to try. <laughs> We're just going to go to break real quick. You I'll could say we'll be back in a flash. 
Oh my gosh. <laughs> what if you here, James, you got it. <laughs> you got it. I just I I'm trying I I just really <laughs> wanted to get a little punny at the end of this for some reason. I love this. So we'll be back in a flash. Right here on the Meta on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250 and 941 FM. The Meta with Katie Barber and James Pledger on San Antonio Sports Star. Welcome back to the Meta on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250 and 941 FM. Don't forget that if you missed any of today's shows, you can go on S. What is the website again? More SASportsStar.com. <laughs> go to the audio vault at SASportsStar.com and you can listen to the rest of the show and everything else that goes on on Sports Star all week long. <laughs> um, I I have one last thing about Black Adam because I do got? love The Rock. I am excited for this game. The but Rock's what awesome. Grinds my gear. Uh-oh. He is fantastic. I love him. What grinds my gears? Uh-oh. <laughs> it's just again it's the flimsy excuses coming from DC about like just what they're choosing to can <laughs> not get rid of, not throw off the schedule. Oh, you know, with that, with this, I know, and I'm just mad because ninety million dollars went in on this Batgirl movie. I love Barbara Gordon, and you know they said it was made for streaming, and then and they wanted Keaton. to put it in theaters. Right, Michael Keaton back as Batman, like, come on. And they, they said, you know, it was developed for streaming, so, you know, it's not going to play well in theaters. Its test, its test screening scores are too low. Well, it turns out that Black Adam's test scores are exactly the same as Batgirl's. And to me, that's just, I don't care if the test scores maybe are, are less than what they want. That's not, like, what matters to me. It's just, like, these weird, flimsy excuses. Yeah. To, to can a movie that is already all the way done. It was in post-production. They had paid people for their time and their effort. (laughs) (coughs) Well, let's say what it really is. It feels like they're canning the female-led movie to hype up the male superstar-led movie. Right. And and we still have Ezra Miller as Flash. We've got... We literally have... An adorable Barry Allen that has played a lot of time on screen as the Flash. Mm-hmm. And I know that we've seen we've seen Ezra Miller as the Flash a couple of times, right? How is this movie still in just the universe? Um, like for as many yeah. people that were calling for Amber Heard's job because of the Johnny Depp trial, how are not thousand times as many people calling for Ezra Miller's job because I don't know when it started, but there is a lengthy rundown of things that are just borderline frightening to where you're worried about right. his own personal health. Right. Like, so Vulture published the timeline, so I really wanted to talk about this because I... I just felt like I kept seeing his name. We talked about it multiple times, like the stuff in Hawaii, right? Yep. We talked about this multiple times, and I just was like, I need a coherent look, <laughs> a top-down look at what in the bleep <laughs> has been going on. Um, <laughs> and so it just because we have been bringing it up so much, right? So mm-hmm. I didn't know that there's these there's this these claims that he's a cult leader. First of all, like literally. <laughs> 
a cult leader. This you know, doesn't so it shock back. me. It actually explains a lot now. Right. So we, I think the first time that it was recorded that there was like legal problems, problems involving police was this like video that went viral of Ezra Miller in Iceland where he literally is like, she choke slams a woman in a bar. <laughs> like, that should be enough right there on its face. <laughs> Assaulting right. a woman on film. Literally. And it goes viral. Um, and he was bailed out of jail by, like, two people that were living in a commune that he was also living in. Like, he had a hostel that he had turned into, like, a commune. Like, groups of people were just living where he was living at. Uh, it says that he was... Um, I had to, like, write this down because it was just crazy. It says, mm-hmm. um, the home that felt like a commune... Uh, one woman said that everyone was hypnotized. That's like literally a quote. Ezra Miller reportedly paid for food, marijuana. He was paying for everybody to stay at this Airbnb that was just like a commune where people were having speeches about spirituality and people possessing spiritual powers. And so this couple, though, that bailed him out of jail after this bar fight ended up filing for a restraining order against him like a week later. In a separate incident, <laughs> just completely separate incident. And then he got arrested in Hawaii like a month. Like that was, so that was in 2020. There was stuff coming out, like videos of different incidents, like the Iceland incident coming out. Mm-hmm. And then earlier this year, which we talked about, he literally got arrested <laughs> in Hawaii for, what is it? Um, he became agitated while people were singing karaoke at a bar. And he I get agitated at that too, but that's not an but you excuse. You just don't go to karaoke night. <laughs> don't go to karaoke night. <laughs> it's so easy. But no, he literally like grabbed a microphone from a woman that was singing and lunged at someone playing darts like inside a bar, which is when he got arrested again. But I... And now everything that's going on with him is all of this stuff about a farm in Vermont. Like if you look up Ezra Miller, Mm -hmm. other than reports like today, as we're recording, they're talking about canning, like apparently WB executives are talking about throw, you know, like getting rid of the movie because of all the stuff that's going on. Yeah. Which is so late in the game for when this conversation should have started. But literally this week, He had somebody like police showed up to a farm that he owns in Vermont because he was apparently harboring a woman and her children who were on the run from the cops. Like the woman is supposed to apparently is keeping her children from their father and was living in Ezra Miller's farm in Vermont, the same farm in Vermont that apparently he he's been like asking underage people like underage teenagers to come live with him. He's telling them we'll buy them horses to live on his farm. Mm hmm. He's on the run, apparently, or he was on the run with an, like somebody that was underage when he started talking to them, like some activist he met at a protest that was 12. Like he any individual one of these things would have gotten somebody fired so long ago. I just want to understand why. Right. What? What's the holdup, yo? Like, <laughs> <laughs> like make it make sense. <laughs> make it make sense. We've drugged fictional characters for worse things, you know, for more minor things. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's just crazy. And, I mean, I'm hoping that by the time this airs, <laughs> that maybe it'll have 
we'll have a different outcome that the, the movie will be canned that maybe we'll get the Barry Allen we know from the CW show which is ending as the Flash like it's not that we have to get rid of the Flash in the universe but do we need Ezra Miller do we need him we absolutely do not <laughs> I can I, mean, like, I, I can go ahead and answer that for you I feel I know just based on his, like he's been he's just had a couple cameos have any of them been that consequential uh, no, the only one that they had that was consequential, I thought, was at the end of uh, it was at the end of the Justice League Snyder Cut, I believe, where the, mm-hmm. it, he and Barry, uh, uh, Grant Gustin met as two flashes, or it was at the end of maybe a Warner uh, at the CW crossover event one of those two i remember seeing both flashes in the same place insinuating the multiverse Mm. so then just let's just get grant bring him in bring him in you've already you've already canonized it in a way man so i mean we're already out of time (laughs) i i knew that we would take up i knew that this would take up time because we've just been talking about ezra for, for months now and it's just out of hand i didn't realize there were so many things on that list I didn't even realize were incidents that had taken place, for lack of a better term. Like, just, we didn't even get to talk about how I Am Groot dropped. We didn't get to talk about how She-Hulk is coming out next week, but I guess that means we can talk about it next week. It does mean that. <laughs> so we, James and I will be back next week right here on the Meta on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250 and 94.1 FM. <laughs>